how we're going to do is we've done this. We're going to we've split it up obviously, and so the second session is going to be you guys going downstairs, and Mel's going to speak to you guys while I'm going to speak to the ladies. So what we wanted to do was just break us up and talk about the individual roles, and so we hear it as men, and then she's going to share, and I'm going to share it. So the ladies hear it from a male perspective, and you'll hear it from a female perspective, without you know your wife sitting there going, "Are you listening? Are you listening to that?" You better take notes, man. <laughs> um, but then the idea being then for the third session is what we're going to do is then we're going to go down together and then just have a massive sort of open forum dialogue about what we've heard and questions that you may have that me and Mel can answer, but also about learning from one another. So there could be things where we say, what did we hear? What, what some of the things you heard from the perspective of the male? What did you hear from the perspective of the female? And so we just want to create an open discussion and dialogue where we can learn from one another. Okay, is that cool? All right, so let's just pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that we can come and gather as men, as males, Lord, created in your image. Father, to understand the role that you would have us play, to understand the function as a son, as a man, as a male that you would have us play in your family. I thank you for our sisters below. I thank you, Father, that you have a role and a function for them to play. And together, as brothers and sisters, Father, we are children in your house. And you are going to build us as living stones together. I thank you for your design. I thank you for your way. And I thank you, Lord, when we receive and understand your way and see it, we can live it. And see the church established and built, a church of love, church of life, church of power, a church that's free, a church that's able to demonstrate you to one another firstly and to a lost world. So, Father, we thank you for this time. I pray that we would receive revelation through the power of the Holy Spirit. We welcome you here. We thank you that you're here, Holy Spirit, to lead and to guide us into all truth, into the Father's ways. So, Lord, we position ourselves to receive today. We posture ourselves to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello. We are. Right. And that's the other thing is to guide us to, you know, to dialogue this through. Um, if you are married, it's certainly not about being married. Okay, so I just want us to, right from the start, this isn't about being married. It's about understanding the role that the man, the male plays in God's kingdom. If you then decide to get married, obviously what we're learning plays a part in being married, but this has nothing to do with being married, okay? And that's what Mel's stressing downstairs. This is nothing to be married to a man, you know? So what we want to look at is just think of yourselves as all brothers, and they are our sisters. So whether you get married or not, the role is the same. When you add someone to your life, sure, they're going to be dynamics, but what we learned today, we would take into being married if we're not. And if we are married, you'd want to then think about what you hear today as to how that outplays itself in the marriage covenant. But we're not talking about the marriage covenant. Okay? We're talking about brothers and sisters, father. And so I want you to think of, when you hear, I want you to think through that lens today. Okay? So they are our sisters. In Christ so they're all your sisters and we are their brothers okay so my wife biblically first is my sister 
She's his. He is her father. He is my father. Okay? So don't think of any of this of like my wife, my wife. I want you to think sister, sister. And as I was preparing this, if you, if you think about that, and if we can capture that, that what you hear is going to help all those sisters downstairs. If you would live out the role of a male, it's going to help all those women downstairs and all those women in our community church that aren't here today. Okay? And if you really stop and think about, they're my sisters, then how would I want to treat my sister? Because if I have a physical sister, in my life, I didn't, I was raised with two boys, but I had one, we had a female dog. <laughs> how would I want to treat my sister? That's how I would want to treat my sisters downstairs. I don't want to abuse my sister. I don't want to hit on my sister. That's sick, isn't it? So how do I love my sisters in Christ by being a male? And then how do I, and what we're going to look at is cultivating and keeping a garden for the growth of the body of Christ, because as we're going to look at, just let's go to Genesis, we'll start Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, says this, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish in the sea, and over the birds in the sky, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God creates male and female in his own image. And so I always often say that the woman to me, or the female, is the mystery aspect of God, and the male is the known aspect. You think about it like that. You just think of God in two parts. You know, He's mysterious. So a female is mysterious. Anyone found that? You think you know one, and then all of a sudden there's a different person every day. It's it's quite cool. Now, if you are married, it's like waking up with a new person every day. Sometimes, <laughs> who are you? What did you do with the girl before yesterday? And you know, we're pretty steady, known, the same. And so you see this male and female people okay, that God has made in his image. And so 1 Corinthians 11, I'll just read this out. 1 Corinthians 11, 11 to 12. However, in the Lord, neither is woman independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as the woman originates from the man, so also the man has his birth through the woman. And all things originate from God. So we're not to be independent, we're to be interdependent. Once again, just for this through the context of brothers and sisters. So they have a role we're going to look at to play, and they are called helpers. Okay? So they're as sisters, they're called to help their brothers what? Rule over the earth 
cultivate the Garden of Eden, keep the Garden, which is really the kingdom. Okay? And so we are to be interdependent. So like we are to be with one another, we're not to be independent, we're to be interdependent on one another as brothers because there are gifts that you have, gifts that I have, that God has given to build you and I up. So if I'm an independent person, I don't need you. I am self-sufficient, independent, but nowhere to be interdependent because we have a role to play as males and they have a role to play as females and the two are to be interlinked for the purpose of seeing a spiritual house built. Okay, And sure, then you can take that into the context of you are married. But I just want, again, I want to reiterate, see it, you're not. It's brothers, sisters, father. Because really that's what we are. They are. We are all his children. As a first place priority. Danny's my sister. My mum is my sister. It can be a bit weird, eh? That's why he says, my mother and my brother, they're not my family. My true family are those that do the will of the Father. So he's speaking from a spiritual perspective. Okay? So you can be married, but actually your your wife actually isn't doing the will of the Father, and vice versa. Your wife could be doing the will of the Father, and you're not. So she's actually saying, or he's saying, actually, these people are my family. So although you're physically married to me, you're supposed to be doing the will of the Father, but you're not. Why aren't you doing the will of the Father? Because you're living for you, because you're independent. You see how it all interlinks and interchanges with one another? So God has given us females to help us fulfill our role. So we need to understand what our role is as a male, whether you're married or not as a male, because it's going to influence how you react with one another and how you respond to one another, and it's going to affect how you respond and react to the woman downstairs and to him. Is that clear? Is that cool? All right. So we're talking about it being a body. God's body is made up of male and female, brothers and sisters in Christ. We are all God's children. Genesis 2.18 Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Okay, We must understand our role and be encouraging and supporting them to fulfill their role because God is building a spiritual house. We are all living stones that are being formed and shaped to fit into his spiritual house. Just come here to 1 Peter 2, 4-5. 1 Peter 2, 4-5. And once again, this is where it's crucial that we hear through the lens of the Spirit. Okay, so we are living stones. Every one of us is a living stone. The Bible clearly gives us imagery of being a house. And so those living stones are all part of building the house, the house of God, not a building, the house, yeah? So body is another description for the image, house, a nation, the bride, okay? So 1 Peter 2, 4-5, and coming to him as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also as living stones, 
are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. That makes sense? So it's all a spiritual reality. And so they are helpers to help us build this house, which is us. So he's looking for a body, isn't he? Not this mutated body that has arms and legs scattered all over the surgery, a one being. That is, he's looking for his bride. So the male has a role to play, and the female has a role to play in the building of the spiritual house. If you think about the qualities that the male has, we provide, we protect, we're going to look at that. The female nurtures, she cares. Yes, you and I can nurture, yes, we can care, but our first place function is to protect, it's to provide, it's to lead, and they follow. It doesn't make us better than them, and it doesn't make us them better than us, it's just function. So God has given us attributes to help us fulfill our function. And he's given them attributes to help them fulfill their function. And when you bring the two together, you get one body. Yeah? You're looking a little bit like quiet. as like, what are you talking about, man? You're meditating. It's good. It's a good answer. So here's the main point of today, okay? Here's the main point. And then we're going to read Genesis 2, 15 to 17. The male is to be the cultivator and keeper of kingdom culture, climate, and character. The male is to be the cultivator and keeper of kingdom culture, climate, and character. So Genesis 2, 15 to 17. We'll read. Good question. Because it is in yourself, because the kingdom is to be in you, and then it's to be external of you. So we're going to look at that, which is a great question. So Genesis 2, 15 to 17. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it, and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you will surely die. So there's this, obviously this picture of perfection here. Nothing has happened. It hasn't fallen. And the role God gives Adam, the male, because the female hasn't yet been born, is to cultivate and to keep what God has given. Okay? And so this is a big function. So great question. It's two parts. Okay? So once again, think, think kingdom. Okay, so the kingdom, the garden is the kingdom. 
Okay, so the kingdom of God is where? The kingdom of God is within you. So you are to be a cultivator and a keeper of seeing that kingdom established in your heart and in your mind. You have to be intentional about the pursuit of love, God, and allow the truth to transform you so the garden that which is your mind and your heart is being cultivated and kept. Things just don't just happen. If you're someone that just lets things happen, the your garden will be full of weeds, meaning wrong mindsets, wrong heart positions, wrong understanding. If we are passive followers, the world will overcome you. If you're an active follower, you will overcome the world. Okay? And we're called to be overcomers, aren't we, of the world, the flesh and the enemy. And you better know that the enemy wants to sow weeds in your garden. He's going to. Your own flesh will sow their own weeds in your garden because a thought that's not kingdom is a weed. And that will control, and so your garden will be polluted. So firstly, the garden is your heart and your mind. Secondly, the garden is the environments that you create and build and protect and provide for. So I want you to think internally and externally. So your home is a garden. What you let in and out of your home will determine whether your garden is healthy and whether there'll be fruit to pick from. Okay? So once again, as a single man, you might live on your own. So your flat or your home is your garden. Right here is a garden. So when we gather out there, that's a garden. What garden do people walk into? Do they walk into a garden that's full of heaviness and depression and no life or do they walk into a garden that they can receive from your workplace is another garden can you hear what I'm trying to communicate to you so it's an internal reality the kingdom of God is within you and it's a garden within you that God wants birth and he wants you to cultivate it he wants you to keep it I don't know a lot about gardening amen I bought a house with no gardens because I don't like gardening but I do have this bank at the back of my house and I have to get out there and constantly weed eat it and so even in the pathway and in the, in the, um, the paving the weeds come up and grow okay so I have to cultivate that I have to keep it otherwise the weeds just continue to grow up and you wouldn't even be able to see the paths you wouldn't be able to make out any of the trees or the plants that are there it's the same in our lives guys if you're not intentional you'll be overcome by weeds they'll just grow around you come and all of a sudden you'll be trying to grab for air and so it's like in our homes i am a provider i am a protector i'm a cultivator of my home environment i'm intentional about everything i was talking to luke yesterday and he said how do you how do you plan your week? And I said, I'm intentional. I plan free time. So what I do is I, my week is planned. I'll, I'll go through and I'll go, Monday is my day off. And there are certain things that I do. So I like to do groceries on Monday. and You know, I walk the dog, whatever. But I also plan time for me. We're going to do nothing. I might watch a movie. I might go to the movies. I might go have a game of golf. I might go to the gym. Tuesday hits and it's planned. 
So I know where I'm going to be throughout the week. And I plan to spend time with the Lord. I'm cultivating and keeping my garden. I'm actively keeping it. I'm hoeing. If I notice any roots coming, I'm going to dig them out. I'm going to get the word to dig them out. I need you to help me cultivate my garden. I'll help you. Because you'll see things that I won't see. You might see a weed growing in me that I don't see myself. So I need you, Chris, to help me cultivate and keep my garden. Am I open to that? Am I open to have another man come into my life and help me keep my garden? And is he open for me helping me keep his garden? Can you see how this works? It's powerful if I can be teachable and allow a sister to come who can see something I can't see to help me keep and cultivate my garden within me and external of me. Danny and I are cultivating and keeping a garden of Eden for our girls. There are certain things we put in place. There are certain things we don't allow. There are certain things we allow because we're intentional. Otherwise, we'll just get overrun with life. Whatever screams the loudest will grab your attention. Whatever screams the highest. You know, when they were wanting to release um, Jesus, it was the scream of the Pharisees that Pilate bowed down to. It says they scream, crucify him. And that voice influenced him because he wanted to release him. And they spoke and they said, if you let him free, you're not of Caesar. So these weeds, these voices will come and ruin your garden if you're not intentional about creating as a male and keeping a garden. It's massive. So we do that, I do that, just as an individual. Um, and I just fit people in. So one of the things I said was, you know, don't, don't ask for a meeting with me between 9 a.m. and 12 p.m. on a Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, because I'll say no, unless you're special. <laughs> unless you come with some money or something. But, or you invite me to a Liverpool game. No, but serious, what I do is I guard Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 9 till 12, and I book it out. So if you ask me for a meeting, I'll tell you I can free Wednesday afternoon. Well, it doesn't work for me. Well, you want to meet with me. See, I'm guarding and cultivating and keeping because that's where I feed. That I'm gone, I'm gone gardening. I hate gardening, but I'm gone gardening. Okay? So my week is intentional. So I get to where I want to be. If I don't set a goal, if I don't have anything I'm trying to hit, you won't hit it. And you'll just wander through life and wonder why. Jesus came, he knew exactly what he was hitting, and he hit it. Okay? They said, you need to stay here. He said, I need to go preach over there. He said, you need to come now. He said, I'm waiting two more days. He was not pressured by the need of man. He lived by the will of his father and he cultivated and kept his own garden and look at his life. And he says, you can live like this if you want as well. Okay. And so we have to help our sisters cultivate and keep their garden. Whether you're married to one of those women or not, it's irrelevant. Because okay? when we come together, we're a family. So if you're in discipleship and you're in a mixed discipleship group, you can help a sister and a brother keep their garden. We're going to look a little bit about 
that. So it's an internal, external thing. So the male, firstly, is responsible for cultivating, keeping their own garden. We are responsible for having a kingdom culture and climate in our own lives being cultivated and kept so kingdom character is grown. I'll read that again. We are responsible for having a kingdom culture and climate in our own lives being cultivated and kept so kingdom character is grown. The male is responsible for modeling and leading this as their first place priority. They were two, we were one, yeah? Awesome that you were born a male. And with it comes responsibility. So Adam, Anwar, Keith, Brett, you're first. You're of Adam. So being part of Adam means this is a responsibility. Will you own it? Will you take it? See, the problem with a lot of men today is we don't want to take any responsibility. We want to live as a male but not live as a man. We want to do all the things that males can do and have no responsibility. We want to throw our seed out there, spread our seed, and then go, see you, honey, going overseas. You can't come into the fullness of kingdom life without taking the responsibility of what is given to you by God. If we want to be men, men of character, then we must own what God gave man at the beginning of time. He says, your role is to lead. Your role is to love. Your role is to create, keep, cultivate, firstly, your own walk with me. And then look out at other brothers, sisters. Obviously, if it then goes into a marriage, then it's your wife. If you have children, it's brothers, sisters, wife children, parents, grandparents. This thing is multifaceted at all different levels. And our independent mindset that says, well, this is just my little family over here that I'm discipling, let it be smashed. It needs to be smashed. Yes, it starts there with you and God. And if you're going to add, but it also starts with right now. And you hear what I'm saying? It's one position being outworked and we need to be responsible for our own heart and mind proverbs 4:23 watch over your heart with all diligence for from it the fr- flow of sorry watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flow the springs of life that's why he said rich young ruler give me a heart you want life but you don't want relationship with me. You want principles, but you don't want person. You want to live this and see this, but what you don't want is go through the door that actually creates it. And when he asked for his heart, he couldn't give it, wouldn't give it, and he walked away, didn't he? So we have to guard what we allow in here. We have to be intentional. The Bible says the eyes are a window to your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion. What you view gets in 
start thinking about, start creating realities. Those realities become weeds, weeds that can kill you or they bring life. What are you meditating on as a male, as a man, because you've been given the role of cultivating, keeping your own garden and helping other people cultivate and keep their garden. But if your heart isn't guarded, then it's just going to be full of weeds. You won't be able to fulfill the function that God has for you as a male. Which means you won't be able to enlighten yourself. You won't be able to help other people come into life. Because your own garden's full of weeds. That's not what he wants for us, is it? That's not the role he gave us. This is why it's, it, you know, if, right, if you get intentional. God is very intentional. And sometimes we think, oh, that's not spiritual. It is. Not being intentional is being very unwise. So once again, it, it challenges us. So secondly, the male is responsible for encouraging and urging others to cultivate and keep their own gardens of Eden in order. So I'm responsible firstly for myself. Then I want to encourage Chris to keep his garden cultivated and in order. I want to encourage everybody. If I am married, my wife, my kids. So first place responsibility is me. Second is my brothers and sisters. Isn't that what the Bible says? You would lay down your life for one another. That Go make disciples. Love your brother as I love. I'll give you a new commandment, Peter. So that's what it means. If I'm loving you, I'm helping you, I'm with you, because I'm interdependent, not independent, I'm interdependent. You're my brother in Christ. He is our brother. He is not ashamed to call us brothers. I'm not ashamed to call you brothers. And I love you because I have the love of the Father in me. So I want to see your heart and your mind become the garden that God has for you. Hence, I'm not going to walk away from you. I'm going to walk with you. If you offend me, I won't walk away from you. I guarantee you, and I promise you, I will walk with you, and I will work through the situations. Maybe it's a weed that's got in that needs to be uprooted. Well, will you be that for me? That's what he's asking. Will you walk together as brothers? Will you walk together as brothers and sisters because you're a spiritual house? Will you help one another and encourage one another, cultivate and keep your own gardens? Once again, firstly, internally, then secondly, wherever you go, your homes. On a Sunday, <clears throat> your workplaces, your sports clubs, what comes out of you? What comes out of you in a game of football when you get chopped out by your legs get taken out from you? Simon. <laughs> does kingdom culture come out of you, character, or does flesh, you well, that's why I'm supposed to be a Christian. See, what comes out of you when pressure comes, it'll reflect itself. It'll show you whether your garden's been cultivated and kept or whether it's been left to just do its own thing. And that's our challenge, guys. And it's our first responsibility. They are our helper, but they are not the leader. We have to feel the weight of that, not the heaviness, the weight. Because in Christ, everything's light and easy. To come to me, 
because I want to cultivate your gardens. So let me cultivate your gardens with your intentionality. Okay? So our second is being responsible. One, listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore encourage one another and build up one another just as you also are doing. And I just want to stress this, that love and grace is really important in the cultivating and the keeping process. Okay? Everything we do has got to come from love and grace. Okay? You don't want someone else to cultivate their garden because you go, oh, your garden sucks and it's so wrong and you need to know this and you're going to know that, you loser. Okay? It's love. Love is the motivating factor for wanting to see a brother and a sister cultivate and keep their own gardens. Okay? It's not the law. It's not self-righteousness. Okay? It's love. Okay? Um, Hebrews, 3, 13, <clears throat> Hebrews 3, 13 to 15. But encourage one another today after today, as long as it still is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, while it is said today, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, but encourage one another day after day as long as it is still called today, so that none will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. We have become partakers of Christ partake of him, eat him, drink of him, if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, while it is said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, which is when they were in the wilderness. Hear, hear, do not harden your heart, do not turn away, do not be a rich young ruler who hardened his heart, who walked away when he heard the word. You know, when you hear responsibility, when you hear own your stuff, when you hear things like take it, receive the, the function, don't, no, that's not for me, man. I want to live for me. You've just hardened your heart. You haven't guarded your heart. Your heart's just become hard. Jesus said, are your heart still hard? Do you still not understand what I'm talking about? And that was to his men. He said, did you not learn any insight from when I fed the 15,000 people? It was never about a miracle. Why are you asking me about bread? It was never about feeding 15,000 people. It was about knowing I am the bread of life. And if you want life, you better hear my words. If you can't hear my words, then you won't be in life, which means your garden's not being cultivated and kept, which means you'll walk away from the reality of life that God has for you and probably never even know you've just done it. And you'll wonder why I'm not in life. is because you walked away from life, because you let your heart get hard. Because you wouldn't hear what was spoken and receive it because it appeared too hard. It's challenging, isn't it? This is not for mere mortals. I love it when people say to me, Christianity's a crutch. You don't even know what Christianity is. It's for weak people. You've got no concept of what following Jesus is if you think Christianity's a crutch. And for weak people, you probably think that's religion. 
following Christ will cost you and only real men can follow Jesus. Only real a man goes, I'm in, Lord, boots and all. Boys don't want to follow Jesus. Boys want to continue to be boys, but men commit to being men because God wants to put responsibility. He wants you to be a guardian. He wants you to be a provider and a protector. Guys, there's an enemy that comes, wants to come destroy your life and destroy your wives and your family's lives and our sister's life downstairs. And if we're not prepared to fight and be warriors and worshippers, then we might as well go home because we're not fulfilling the call of God on our life. You and I were born to be men, males that would cultivate and keep our own garden and help others for the purpose of seeing God's spiritual house born on the earth that would worship and give him glory. Amen. So the first two characteristics is love and lead. So those everything I've said there, the first two characteristics, remember climate, culture characteristics, is to love and to lead. The thirdly, as males, we are to create our own garden of Edens being this external expression that we've talked about. Okay? So I'm creating in the sense of I'm forming an atmosphere in my home. I seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and I prioritize that. So I go, right, in this home, meaning my physical home, I want everyone in this home to be a seeker of the kingdom and righteousness as a priority. And although I can't make anybody, what I can do is put in a Torah, a guideline around what that's going to look like. So I have a guideline, I have rules, I have boundary lines for what we do and what we don't do at home. Now, because I create the boundary lines, I'm in freedom to change the boundary line if I want now and again. Give you an example. We go, Sunday mornings we're here. Why? Because it's not about coming to a service. It's about gathering with the brothers and sisters to give glory to God. I love coming and worshipping and exalting his name with you guys. That's why I come here. I don't come here for a meeting. I come here to gather with the body of Christ, the saints of Jesus, to release my love for him and to hear his word, to receive from him, which helps me cultivate and keep my garden. So we make a statement where we go, there's no birthday parties on a Sunday, guys. Sunday is given. okay. And I do this with other days, like in my normal day, like Wednesday to Friday. I'm putting down kingdom principles, personhood, into my home because I'm a cultivator and a keeper of my home, which is a garden for me. Now, here's another thing. Maddie gets the opportunity to play sport in a final of netball on a Sunday because she plays netball. They normally play on Saturday. What are we going to do? Well, because I'm in freedom, I go, that's okay. Because it's the circumstance in this situation. It's a final. You've been working hard. We can't control when they put the game on. But it's not going to be a normal thing. Kids, you're not going to have birthday parties on a Sunday. Okay? We go, there's Saturday, Friday, whatever day, but it ain't Sunday morning. It could be in the afternoon. But we're not giving that time over because I'm intentional about building a garden that I want my children to understand the ways of God. So when I go to Cambodia, here's another thing. You, Lily doesn't like me going. 
But Lily needs to get used to the fact that dad's going to go because he's building a kingdom culture and home. But dad has to make sure he spends the time with Lily and explains to Lily why he needs to go. And then Lily gets the time when dad, either before dad goes or when dad comes back. Why? Because I'm building and cultivating a garden. So she understands and realizes it's not about Lily, it's about other people. So she's starting at eight years old to understand what it means to keep her own garden, what it means to cultivate her own garden. I, not every night, maybe three or four times a night, will sit down at seven o'clock with my kids in bed and read them scripture and unpack scripture. I ask them questions. I dialogue with them. Why? Because I'm building and cultivating and keeping my home, my garden, in the hope that they would then start doing it themselves. But I can't make them, can I? I don't want to pressure them into making, but as a male who's leading and loving, I am responsible for putting boundaries and guidelines to help younger people who don't have the maturity, hopefully to lead them to the Lord, knowing at an age they're going to make decisions where then I have to step back and then pray like mad and hope like mad that the garden I'm hoping is being formed is going to be enough that they would continue to cultivate and keep their garden. And that is an expression of my life everywhere I go. Same thing right here, right now. I'm speaking in a way and hoping that it's cultivating, keeping, and stirring something in you that you'd want to keep your garden. And you'd want to go, man, I've got some weeds in my garden. I need to go do some weed eating, going to get the old spray out and kill a few weeds and get the word into me, okay? So this is what we are to be in us and as we go and whatever our environment's all about. In a workplace, Chris employs guys. The beauty is all of them are Christian guys, most of them. But this Christian king, Christian, Christian, kingdom garden being built, those guys do discipleship while they're knocking up houses. They dialogue about stuff. They know why they're there, where they're there, and why they do what they do. There's an intentionality to what they do. Okay, So this is the type of thinking we need. It's no longer, oh, yeah, I just turn up on a Sunday and I go through motions and I have waffles on a Sunday. All these are environments to help you cultivate and keep your own garden. But we can just go through motions and be good, rich young rulers, but continue to walk away from life and the life that we ideally want. I know all your spirits are willing. You wouldn't be here. But how's your flesh getting on? And that's what needs to be cultivated and kept. You let your flesh run right, see you later. You'll be taken out. You'll take yourself out if you're not intentional about your garden. Okay? All right, I better fly. Can you me if I might just see where the ladies are at? Um, so the third characteristic, it means to be a provider. I provide an environment where life can be formed and built. So I can't do the life, but I'm providing opportunities through my leading, through my loving. I'm giving an opportunity, I'm providing an opportunity as I dialogue with my children, as I dialogue with my wife. Danny and I are constantly dialoguing. So I'm providing, and she's providing for me, opportunities to receive. 
She says, this is what I got this morning, man. This is huge. So she's helping me cultivate and keep my garden and vice versa. It's a lifestyle, guys. It's not a religious expectation. It's a way of living. Like you would live every other way, it's a way of living. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you're in my way, that means you're in truth. And if you're in truth, you're in life. And he came to bring us an abundant life. We're good? Okay, cool. Man, now I'm fine. Um, okay, I'll just whip me through this. Fourthly, as males who cultivate and keep the garden, we are to ensure that others eat from the tree of life and not the tree of good and evil. So what we're to do is to help others and ourselves not eat from the tree of good and evil. Because that creates weeds. The tree of life was in the garden. Who's the tree of life? So do you want to eat from Christ who is the bread of life or eat from the tree of good and evil? It's not good, it's dead. Good is dead from that tree. It looks good. It's not, it's dead. The tree of life is where we want to eat from. We're going to help one another eat from the tree of life, not from the tree of good and evil. Okay, um, Galatians, I won't read it, but Galatians 5 verse 1 and 1 Timothy 6, 20 to 21. This talks about guarding what's been entrusted to you. And my last uh, fifth, fifth thing, as males who cultivate and keep the garden, we are to ensure there are no weeds starting to grow in our garden. And I, I won't read it now, but Weeds are quite destructive. I didn't never realize because I don't do gardening. Apart from when I blast these things. But weeds come in the form of wrong mindsets, wrong thinking, wrong heart attitudes and postures, which results in anti-Christ behavioral patterns. This is how powerful it is. You know, in Matthew 4, and it's where Jesus and the enemy are sort of going toe-to-toe, where he says, Jesus, the enemy says, I'll give you the kingdom if you do this. And then he repeats back with the scripture. Okay, let me just read you this. This is how crafty he is. And if you're not someone who's intentionally cultivating and keeping your garden, you won't even know this is happening. This is in verse 5, Matthew 4, 5. Then the devil took him into the holy city and had him stand on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Is that true? And is that scriptural? So it's, it is written. He says, it is written. He quotes scripture. Jesus said, on the other hand, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. See, if you're not cultivating and keeping your garden, you don't know the word. When he comes with the word, which is the word, which is true, but he's twisting it, you let it in. You just let in a weed because you're not cultivating and keeping your own garden. He's out to destroy you. He's out to destroy your garden. Are you letting him? That's our challenge, eh? We're to lead, we're to love, we're to provide, we're to protect. 
help one another and our helpers downstairs. They may be a wife, they may be our children. But I hope that's impacted you and hit your heart and maybe awakened you to a role and a function that God wants you to play. We do it together. We don't do it as independent people, interdependent, and we walk it out together. Amen. So Father, I thank you for this time. I pray that what's been spoken will go deeply into our gardens. And Lord, we will allow the word to cultivate, to create a climate and a culture and a character that is of you. In Jesus' name.